0: I also want to say good morning to you, those that are about over 100 or 200 people watching online this morning. So good morning to you, wherever you're watching in Orange County or around the world. Good morning to those of you that are in the patio enjoying a nice uh, August Sunday morning. And good morning to all of you here in the Worship Center. We are going through a wonderful series this summer. It's been speaking to me, and I hope that it's been encouraging and speaking to you, too. It's from the Old Testament book Of Proverbs. This is actually talk number 12 of 14 that we're doing through this book. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. We're not able to cover each chapter through this series, but we're kind of touching on different themes that that repeat themselves throughout the book. And today is definitely a theme that repeats itself several times through the book of Proverbs. And it is the idea of integrity. It's such an important topic in the Proverbs that we decided to dedicate a couple Sundays to it. So Tim Selleck, if you remember earlier in June, talked through this idea of integrity and whatever we do as followers of Jesus Christ to walk in integrity. Today, I want to also talk about integrity, but I want to set it in the context of the workplace. So last week, we started this idea of what does it mean to be a person called by God? And so we'll review a little bit of that today, but we'll also look at this idea of walking with integrity in the places that we're called Monday through, (laughs) let's get real, something like work seven days a week, right? Uh, Monday through whatever days that you're called to work. So if you can, turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs 10 is where we'll start We'll stay there just for a moment, and then we'll go over to Proverbs chapter 11. So near Ecclesiastes, Psalms, you find the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 10. As you turn there, I want to give a few shout-outs. Just met Magnus from Anaheim. Welcome, Magnus, and and others that are visiting here today. I want to give a shout-out to Dale and Kathy McCall who are celebrating, I believe, 64 years of marriage on Tuesday, which is amazing. Dale and Kathleen have so faithfully served here at Calvary for decade after decade. And so happy anniversary McCall's. Also want to give a shout out in that anniversary realm to Tom and Gail Shook. Calvary missionaries serving faithfully in Mongolia and now working with refugees here in Orange County and around the world. So Tom and Gail today celebrate 41 years of marriage. So Tom and Gail, well done. And if I could slide even my own life into that, Marie and I on Wednesday celebrate 20 years of marriage. Marie and I. So Tom and Gail, McCall's, We'd love your advice. (laughs) You guys can encourage us as well. And then one more shout out, and we'll get into this. But uh, my buddy Tim Sue is here. One of Tim's jobs is a Navy chaplain. So appreciate Tim. So thank you for hanging out with us today. Um, Tim and I. Bonded in Dr. Snookian's class at Talbot Seminary, scared of our lives to do this very thing, <laughs> preach. And so we, we shout out to Dr. Snookian for equipping us in some small ways. I got a B minus for that uh, <laughs> calling of preaching. Look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9. It's on the screen, but I want you to see it in your own Bibles if you can. It says in Proverbs 10:9, people with integrity walk safely. But those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. I'm reading from the um, New Living Translation. You may have a little different version if you have a different translation of the Bible. That's okay. I think it's basically the same gist that you're seeing. Let me read it again. Proverbs 10:9. People with integrity walk safely. In other words, when you walk in integrity, you really, you don't have to look behind your back. You don't have to worry about anything that's coming as far as exposing you because you're just in safety. Your yes is your yes and your no is your no. But Then there's a warning here. It says, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. And we've seen this in our own culture, haven't we? People get away with stuff for a little bit, but in this social media culture where, where everything's brought to light, Eventually, when we do not walk in integrity, it is exposed. To say one word, Enron. <laughs> For some of you that grew up in the early 90s and early 2000s. Eventually, when we cut corners, when we do not walk in integrity, it is exposed. Okay, go from Proverbs 10, 9, and go over to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1. Now it sets the idea of integrity in the workplace in the marketplace. Proverbs 11:1 says this, The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate weights. So now we're right into the workplace. I'm going to read all of Proverbs 11 just to help you understand the larger story that's happening here, what, what this father to a son is trying to impart wisdom in this area. So, so just read along with me if you can in your, in your own Bibles, and, and this is what it says. Verse 2, Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Honesty guides good people. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. Riches won't help on the day of judgment, but right living can save you from death. The godly are directed by honesty. The wicked fall beneath their load of sin. The godliness of good people rescues them. The ambitious ambition of treacherous people traps them. When the wicked die, their hopes die with them, for they rely on their own feeble strength. The godly are rescued from trouble, and it falls on the wicked instead. With their words, the godless destroy their friends, but knowledge will rescue the righteous. The whole city celebrates when the godly succeed. They shout for joy when the wicked die. Upright citizens are good for a city and make it prosper, but the talk of the wicked tears it apart. It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. There is danger in putting up security for a stranger's debt. It is safer not to guarantee another person's debt. A gracious woman gains respect, but ruthless men only gain wealth. Your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. Evil people get rich for the moment, but the reward of the godly will last. Godly people find life. Evil people find death. The Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. Evil people will surely be punished, but the children of the godly will go free. A beautiful woman who lacks discretion is like a gold ring in a pig's (laughs) snout. The godly can look forward to a reward while the wicked can only expect judgment. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. People curse those who hoard their grain, but they bless the one who sells in time of need. If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. Trust in your money and down you go. But the godly flourish like leaves in spring. Those who bring trouble on their families inherit the wind. The fool be a servant to the wise. The seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. A wise person wins friends. If the righteous are rewarded here on earth, what will happen to wicked sinners? The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And so what was written thousands of years ago matters to us in our workplaces in 2022. Last week, as a reminder, we talked about the ant, and your Bible might have said sluggard. The NLT says lazy bones. And it compared the the two types of workers, the ant that doesn't need necessarily a boss to hold them accountable. They just work hard on their own. And then it compared that to the lazy bones, the sluggard who, who sleeps the day away. And I, I mentioned that I sent away for an ant farm, um, but it came with no ants. I'm happy to report, I know many of you have been on the edge of your seat about this, but <laughs> the ants came last night. So at 9 p.m., can anyone see this or is this just a, a little speck in your, uh, from here? Okay, we have some ants going in this little ant farm right here. They've been working since 9 p.m. last night, and they already have like a little trail. Look at that right there. It's just proof that, that the ant is a hard worker. You can tell from your faces that you're very impressed by this. <laughs> <laughs> so the Proverbs take a look at everyday life things, and they compare it to spiritual matters. And so the ant was last week. This week in Proverbs 11.1, one, it's a scale. It's the dishonest person fudges the scales. Now, the weight translated here in uh, the, the original language would be stone. They would actually have different stones um, that would weigh different things. In fact, even if you've ever been across the pond to England, they still use at times the word stone to describe weight which I think would be wonderful next time a doctor asks you, how much do you weigh? Just say, I weigh about 10 or 11 stones. <laughs> Feels better for some reason. So this stone would, would help weigh um, what they would bring. But particularly here in Proverbs 11, I'm guessing the temple's being built, I'm guessing kind of have a good indication that this is talking about people bringing their sacrifices to the temple. So this is an act of worship. And what's being called out here is the dishonesty in one of two ways. Either the dishonest person who's bringing and saying they have more to sacrifice than they actually do. How did that go for Ananias and Sapphira in the book of Acts? Or it's the person that's receiving this temple gift and somehow... I'm fudging the scales, and so that it's saying more than there actually is, either for their own gain or to help the customer out. This also could have been a temple tax, something that you gave to the temple in order to build the temple, in order to create a place for God's presence to be worshipped. This is the old covenant, right? So new covenant, the temple of God is not a place we go. The temple is where? It's... It's inside the the heart, the life of a believer. That's why it's even on a side note, so powerful that you have the temple of the Holy Spirit in you. When you step into your workplace, you're bringing the presence of Jesus into that place. Think about that. But anyway, back in the Old Testament, this idea that there was a lack of integrity when it came to presenting your temple tax or your temple gift. The words here are pretty harsh in how God feels about that. So question number one, why should we walk in integrity in the workplace? Well, it's because God cares about it. Look at this word here. In the NLT, it says the word detest. That word also can be translated to mean mean an abomination or to loathe something. I want you to picture uh, walking over to a trash can and you open it up to, to throw away whatever trash you have in your hand and the smell of that trash can like snaps your head back and you're just like, oh, whatever's in there, I want to get away from it. That's describing a little bit of how God feels about a person who lacks integrity in the marketplace, in this place of worship. Worship. That for God, it's like, oh, it's repulsive. It it, it pulls him away. But then to contrast that, it says that when someone has integrity, that it says here in the NLT, what does it say? That God delights in this. That word can mean pleases, or it also can mean accepts. So God loathes the dishonest lack of integrity in the marketplace or in the place of worship. God delights and has joy in the person who walks in integrity in their job. Now, this makes a lot of sense on a Sunday morning, but it gets a lot more hazy on a Monday, doesn't it? Well, everyone comes in a little bit late to work, and it's no big deal. I just write down, I got here at 9. I might have gotten here at 9.11, but 9 is kind of what I put, and it's fine. Or I leave work a little bit early, but you know what? I can just kind of, just, it's just a number. I worked really hard today. I left at 3.45, but I'm just going to put 4 on my timesheet. Or I tell a customer, yeah, I, this is as low as I can go. I'm giving you 10% over my cost. The customer feels that they have a good deal but really you know that it's about 40% marked up. You start kind of playing scenarios in our workplace. You're in the teacher's lounge, not to pick on any teachers here. I'm not looking at anybody in particular. You're in the teacher's lounge and and the teachers that are having lunch begin to gossip about a colleague who's not in the room, about just some things from their personal life. And, And we all like good juice and news, don't we? Well, no one admits it. But there, there's a reason why all those news channels exist. We like finding out about other people's dirt. And so you're there in the teacher's lounge and, and you lean in to hear the gossip and, and maybe even chuckle about it. There's all kinds of places in our work life, in the marketplace, where it can be tempting to lack integrity. You're a manager and you tell your uh, person that you're uh, overseeing that they're doing a great job. But then you go to your leader meeting and you totally bash their work. So many places where this is difficult. It makes sense on a Sunday. It's a lot more harder to live out integrity on a Monday. Amen? Yeah, we're all there. But to understand God's heart for this, God detests a lack of integrity. God delights in integrity. Why? Why? I think it's because God is the ultimate example of integrity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the the triune Godhead, perfect fellowship, perfect love, perfect unity, perfect knowledge and perfect truth. God says, I am the way, the life, and the truth. God is integrity. God describes himself as faithful and true. So for the follower of Jesus, when you walk into your workplace, whether you make an hourly wage or a salary wage, whether you make commission or you work for yourself, you're representing Jesus Christ and you're representing the God of truth. And so it doesn't make any sense to say, I follow Jesus on a Sunday, the one who is faithful and true, but I lack integrity on a Monday. Now, this is getting a little too close to home for all of us. And we should take a step back here. I, I, I want the Holy Spirit even just to remind you right now or point out an area of your life that, that maybe you're falling short in the workplace when it comes to integrity. Well, everybody does it! You're a follower of Jesus, <laughs> he detests a lack, he delights in integrity. Ask the Lord right now. It's kind of a scary prayer, but God, show me a place where maybe I'm cutting corners. Show me a place where I'm not being completely honest with others or even with you. Show me a place that that you're even stirring with me right now to change my ways. Because here's the good thing as Christians, I talked about last week in Proverbs, we don't just do more and do better. (laughs) That's not how it works. It's tempting to look at the Proverbs and be like, okay, I gotta do that, I'm not doing that. Ooh, I got that one nailed down. No, we look at the Proverbs as a mirror and we go, ooh, there's a conviction there. But then we run with that conviction into repentance to Jesus Christ, the one who took our sin on the cross, the one who lived the life that we couldn't live, the one who lived in a workplace with perfect integrity. We take our sins to that one, the faithful and true one, Jesus Christ. And we lay our burdens and our sins on him and his work on the cross. The cross where Jesus said, it is finished. We rest in that. So we repent of our sins when it comes to places in the workplace where we lack integrity. And then we say, God, restore me and change me. God, help me not just on a Sunday, but on a Monday to walk with a a restored attitude of integrity in my life. I've been asking the Lord in my life this question all week. God, are there places in my ministry here at Calvary, in my vocation as a pastor where I'm cutting corners, where I lack integrity, And there are, there's places that I'm tempted to just shortcut. (laughs) Lord, I, I repent of sin. Lord, restore me, renew me, refresh me to walk this path of integrity with you. Knowing this is a way that delights you. Don't you want to delight the Lord? Wouldn't that be a good thing? It is. And so I'm asking you to think through your own life right now. But don't walk in shame. Run to the cross. And be renewed here today. Amen? So last week we talked about the ant. You guys doing good in there? Work hard. (laughs) This week, this idea of integrity. Delight the Lord in the workplace. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Work unto the Lord. Let me put this now in the context of the larger idea of the theology of work. And this will be a review if you were here last week, but I think it's important to revisit this here. This theology of work, it's in my mind brief. We'll see if you think that too. Uh, God works, the triune Godhead works. The book of Genesis talks about that. That God ordained work, He placed us in the garden to work, the first man and woman. He said, cultivate. Tend the ground. If you remember last week, we said, that's why I think all of us like red barns and tractors. (laughs) Because there's something in us that wants to produce and build something. It was put into our hearts and souls from the very beginning. But then in Genesis 3, the bad news. God curses work as man and woman say, I'll go my way, not your way. The ultimate lack of integrity. (laughs) And so God curses our work, and that's why at times you're in your workplace and you say, ah, this is not fun. When's my next vacation? 83% of workers say they're stressed in their work. And I joked last week, I'd like to know what those other 17% of people do for a living, that they have no stress. So God cursed work, but then the good news, back to the cross, is that God redeems work. In Galatians, it talks about that the man who hung on a tree redeems everything. And so, as we trust, place our faith in Jesus Christ, our work is now redeemed. And so, for the Christian, those that have said, Jesus, you're my Savior, and you're my leader, and you're my Lord, now our work has a calling. And it's not just for pastors and missionaries. We talked last week about this idea that there's a false divide between the sacred and the secular. And it goes back for centuries. It's the idea that some things are a calling from God. And then other things are just kind of either neutral or forgotten about. And here at Calvary, I think that can be a temptation. We have an amazing, amazing missionary crew. We have 89 missionaries that Calvary has sent out and supports Isn't that cool? So thankful for those that have been called by God overseas or cross-cultural. But here at Calvary, it can be a temptation to be like, oh, those are our heroes, and they are, and they're called, and they are, but then to think of our lives as somehow second-class citizens or to consider that, well, they're called. I guess I wasn't called to that, so I don't really have a calling, and so I'll just do my work. And then what happens is what happens Sunday doesn't matter on Monday. And so we're trying to shatter that myth here with this idea of the theology of work that no, everything matters to God. This wonderful passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that whatever you do, whatever you eat, drink, do it unto the glory of God as an act of worship. And then we looked at last week a review again that some of the heroes of the faith Worked regular jobs, so to speak. Abraham and Jacob and Joseph and Joshua and David and Daniel and Esther. Remember the joke about Paul working at REI. It landed about as well right now as it did last week. (laughs) At least you're consistent. (laughs) Lydia and then ultimately Jesus. Jesus, that word carpenter in the scriptures is tecton. And uh, it it probably isn't a carpenter with wood. If you've ever been to Nazareth, Nazareth, at least today, there's not a lot of wood around, not a lot of forest. Probably it was some type of stonemason. He worked with some sort of stone chiseling. But the Bible describes it, or it's translated into our world to mean carpenter. So Jesus himself, three years of public ministry where he invited disciples to follow him, ultimately leading to the cross and then the resurrection. But before that, Jesus had a job. Just even to think through that. Then when he was 22, he would wake up and he would go to work. Is that kind of a foreign idea to you, to think through that? that? He had a job that he would go to day after day, walking in perfect integrity. That probably means, I, I would confidently say, that means that Jesus worked hard like the ant. That Jesus built good stuff. you imagine his reputation in his small town was like, hey, you know, Bud over there, his stonework's okay, but Jesus, <laughs> you should go check out what he does. He would charge a fair wage. He walked in honesty. And so thinking through some of these heroes of the faith. And so the challenge is to move from duality to consecration. Consecration, just a fancy word to say that all of our jobs are set apart. All of our jobs are to give glory to God. All of our jobs have a holiness factor where we say, Lord, this is our act of worship to you. And so... We do things like the ant. We work hard. We do things like the guy with the scales. We we walk in integrity, all for the glory of God. Then last week, I want to refresh you on this. We talked through 19 different domains or job sectors. And I want you, as I go through these, to identify for yourself where do you land in these job sectors? We have business, finance. We have business manufacturing, real estate world, healthcare, medical, education, those that are called to social services and nonprofits and church staffs, the service in the retail industry, first responders in city government, construction and trades, IT and the tech industry, the arts, students, starting school this week, (laughs) sales and related occupations. Even there's a job domain for for transitions in between jobs or for some reason you had to step away from the workplace. There's the retired categories. This is a place to give glory to God in your retired years. There's parenting in the home. There's transportation from an Uber driver to an airplane pilot and everything in between. There's the legal profession, which I was teased about. I don't include this last because it's lawyers. <laughs> Just happened to fall in the categories there. And then there's others. Maybe we haven't covered in this 2022 world. There's lots of jobs that don't fit into a category, and that's okay. Every job is, is called for the, for the glory of God. And so we're going to do something kind of unique in the life of Calvary here this morning. We are going to commission, not a pastor or not a missionary. We are going to commission you to your workplace. That you would walk, work hard like the ant. That you'd walk in integrity all for the glory of God. And so I'm going to invite 18 leaders in those domains that I just saw on the screens. Can you come up? You know who you are. So if I didn't call you, don't come up right now. But for those that are coming up, I want you just to see this group, and then they're going to ask you to identify yourselves as well. So come on up, you guys. Can we give it up for our friends right here? Well done. So what we're gonna do is they're gonna identify the job sector domain that they represent. Then they're gonna invite you to stand. So if you're in that job area, just stand. You may need to stand for two, three, five, seven, that's okay. Wherever you kinda connect yourself, go ahead and stand. And then after we cheer you on, because we want to give you a cheer, this, I want you to picture now, this is a sporting event. You're at the Angels game. Mike Trout hits a double. And you're cheering him on because you're pleased. I want you to cheer each other on as you identify these different job areas. And then once you stand, we'll cheer for you and then you can sit down. And so we'll start here with Greg. Hello, my name is Greg Watson. Um, I've been an accountant for a large public accounting firm for seven years. So for those of you who have been called by Jesus to serve in the fields of business and finance for the glory of God, please stand up.
1: everyone. My name is Greg Angier, uh, and I, much like Jesus, have worked in the field of business and manufacturing for the last 15 years. Uh, For those of you who have been called uh, by Jesus to the field of business and manufacturing, for the glory of God, please stand up. Hello, everyone. My name is Edgar Adame, and I've worked in the real estate industry for the last 25 years, serving as a broker. And for those who have been called by Jesus to serve in the real estate industry under any capacity, please stand.
0: My name is Marie Doan and I've been serving in healthcare in the medical field for 22 years. And I'm currently working as a nurse practitioner in women's health. If you
1: have been called to the medical field in any profession um, for the glory of God, please stand. Hi, my name is Carrie Martin, and I'm in the field of education. I've been a teacher for 25 years. I've taught second through sixth grade, and now I work with teachers. Uh, For those who are called by Jesus in the field of education, to the glory of God, please stand. Hi, my name is Alyssa Burgess, and I work for the faith-based nonprofit Young Life here in Tustin, and I serve as the area director. For those who are called by Jesus to the field of social services, nonprofits, and church work for the glory of God, please stand. Hi, my name is Jesus Victor, and it has been a tremendous blessing and privilege to serve in the hospitality industry as a chef for over 30 years. And for those who have been called on the name of Jesus to serve in the, uh, for the glory of God on service, please stand up. Good morning, my name is Manny Sanchez and I've served as a Los Angeles police officer for over 26 years. For those who were called to Jesus, the the field of first responders, city workers, and government, for the glory of God, please stand up. Hello, my name is Brian Lawatsky, I'm a general building contractor
0: here in Orange County. Uh, take a moment of your time, if you can think of a construction site with steel workers way high up, welding or digging foundations with big tractors, pounding nails in the houses you live in, these are all guys that are kind of rough and tumble, women rough and tumble. It's not an environment you naturally think of Jesus or worship music being played at, So these are guys, as you drive by a construction site, it'd be really great if you threw up a prayer. So for any of you who work in the construction industries that have been called by Jesus for his glory, please stand up.
1: Hello, my name is John Harrocks. I've worked in the IT industry for large and small companies for 23 years. For those of you who have been called by Jesus to the IT industry for the glory of God, please stand. Hi, my name is Danny Bonilla, and I'm a camera operator up in uh, television industry. and film industry up in Hollywood for 31 years, and uh, for anybody that has been called to the arts for the glory of God, please stand up.
0: I'm Lily Doan, I'm a senior in high school, and for those of us who have been called by Jesus to be a student for the glory of God, please stand up.
1: Hello, my name is Brad Ayers. I've been in sales and marketing for about 25 years. So for all you who have been called by the Lord Jesus Christ into the areas and roles of sales and marketing, please stand. My name is Norm Alexander and during my career I have found myself in several periods of transition where God is taking me from one workplace to another, one career situation to another and that is a humbling and exciting season to be in. If you find yourself in that season, God is at work in your life doing something amazing. Will you stand with me for the glory of God?
0: My name is Michelle Gustafson, and after 46 years of serving as a CPA in the banking and finance areas, just last month, I retired. (laughs) So for those of you who, for the glory of God, are serving Jesus in the area of retirement, which is such a rich field, will you please stand up to be recognized?
1: My name is Jen Franklin and I've had the joy of being home with my kids, homeschooling for the past 22 years. So if any of you are called by Jesus to be in the home for the glory of God, please stand. Good morning. Uh, my name is Michael Kreidner. I work in the area of transportation. I'm a school bus driver for a local uh, school district. And uh, those of you that have been uh, chosen to be a witness to the glory of
0: God, uh, please stand for transportation.
1: Hi, my name is Curtis Yates and I have had the privilege of serving Jesus as an attorney and a litter agent for the last 23 years. Attorneys could probably use as many prayers as the construction workers, so feel, feel free to throw up a few prayers for us too. Uh, for those of you who have been called by Jesus to serve in the legal profession and the legal field in any, any capacity, would you please stand?
0: And then finally, if we haven't covered your category, that's our fault, not yours. But if we haven't mentioned something that you represents your job vocation, would you just stand up right now under the category of others? Stand up if you will. Well done. Makes me emotional <laughs> just thinking through this. It's awesome. Do you get it? You're called? You're called. It's not an accident where you are. Is that going to be where you are tomorrow? I don't know. (laughs) But is it where you're called today? Yeah. Live for God's glory there. We're going to have as part of our commissioning of you, we're going to have Norm, which is our lead elder. And can I invite any elders that are able to come up right now? So typically what we'll do is we'll lay hands on a missionary before we send them out. And so I'm going to invite our elders who normally do this with our missionaries to do this in a way with all of us. Today you're going to be getting um, a card that looks like this. In fact, uh, guys, if you could throw this on the screen so you get a better idea. It's going to say full-time ministry ID. I am a full-time servant of Jesus. I am called to create and shape in the midst of chaos. I'm called to build a flourishing community wherever I am. I think of Bob Shank, who's been fighting cancer, who's here today in remission, who's awesome. I'm not going to hug you, uh, but I want to thank you. You helped lead my sister-in-law's grandfather to Christ in the air conditioning business. And that led to his son accepting Christ and led to my sister-in-law accepting Christ. Three generations right there. It's awesome. So we're called to build that community wherever we are. We're called to bring light where darkness exists. Is there any darkness at your job? (laughs) Bring the light of Jesus there. And then finally, we're called to enjoy a rhythm of work and Sabbath. Both work hard, but also rest, just like the Lord did in creation. I trust all of these folks up here. And in fact, if you even want to grab one of them and ask you to pray for, with them uh, before you leave today, I think that would be awesome. And then this is something you guys don't know, but uh, I'm going to invite you at our back of our uh, sound booth. There's these cards. Will you grab a stack of them and be at the doors? And will you pass these out to everyone that we commission here today? And so if you are up, if you want to be commissioned to the Lord for full-time ministry in your vocation, would you just stand right now? Just go ahead and stand if you're wanting to be commissioned.
1: So along with uh, any elders that are up here that want to join me, um, we will commission you. Let me start by acknowledging, Heavenly Father, thank you for placing each of these individuals where you have for this season, for your glory. And now, in the name of Jesus, as an elder of Calvary Church, and in the name of the one that said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. I bless you and commission you to the calling God has for you in your place of business, your school, and that he would bless you and use you for his glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Well done. You are commissioned. Just a note, though, this car does not get you out of parking tickets. Or allow you to do weddings necessarily. <laughs> but put this in your wallet or, or, or put this card when you receive it today somewhere that will remind you not just on a Sunday but on a Monday that you are called by God for his glory. Let me just pray again and then we'll uh, finish and conclude our worship service with worship through music. Father, this is a sacred special day. God, I pray for those that are Uh, feeling weary in their vocation, that Lord today would give them a fresh outlook in what you're calling them to this coming week. God, for those who are feeling the conviction of a lack of integrity, God, would you meet them in a real way at the cross, even right now? God, for all of us, may there be many that find your kingdom through Jesus because of the way that we work.